Creative, Steve Jones Jr. here back with another episode of This Is The Moment. This episode, I have a very special guest, an amazing person. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Mallory McHenry, what's up? <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, everybody. Thank you for having me um, here on your podcast. I'm really excited to talk it out. The month of March is Women's History Month. Yesterday was Women's Day. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel really empowered. Um, in today's day and age, just being a woman and being proud to be a woman, a black woman at that means so much to me. And to see it being celebrated, especially this month, has been it's been really nice. Absolutely. It's been two years. Uh, I believe they said last week and last week was the last normal week that we had and nobody knew it. I know. Two yeah, that's true. Yeah. What were you doing before the pandemic hit, like that week? Oh, my goodness. I was sitting at my school. I was still a graduate student um, trying to finish up my my doctoral studies. And um, I remember the day that our school announced that it was shutting down. It was around spring break time. And they were telling us not to go anywhere international because we wouldn't be able to return to school. But we didn't think anything of it until the day we had we have a rehearsal that day and our director, our professor was telling us, you know, you guys have to pack up and go to school. This is our last, I mean, go home. This is our last this is our last rehearsal. So make the best of it, especially the, the graduating students. And we were like, OK. And we didn't know what was going to happen after that. We all went home and it turned out to be this. So two years in the making. Within these two years, what? would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned for yourself? Oh man, over the past two years, I've learned how much I've actually, this is right, right. Um, in tune with, with this podcast, I've actually learned how much I've been stifling my own creativity. And so I've been, um, spending a lot of time trying to kind of think outside of the box. I, I tend to kind of stay in my lane, um, and be creative that way, but there's so much to explore and so many opportunities to create for your own self. And so I've really been learning how to, how to step outside of my normal box. We got to get into the story of how you started playing the harp. <laughs> Where did this start? Oh, my goodness. Um, I was actually a pianist first, and I started okay. playing piano when I was about six, I think. Um, and then I started playing harp when I was 13. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw somebody play at church. Um, I grew up in the church, and I was there. And one day I saw somebody play, and I was like, I've got to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, at least give it a try. And my parents sat me down and they were like, uh, cause it, it's an expensive profession starting with the instrument. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they were like, if you're, if you're going to, um, do this, you're going to have to stick it out. And I, you know, I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Um, but I started and I I've been going ever since then. So it's, it's been a journey, but when, when I'm happy, I decided to go on. So one thing, we creatives, we musicians need is patience. If you don't have patience, oh my gosh, you're in for a rude awakening. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what advice do you have for people, our, our generation, when it comes to being patient? When it comes to being patient, there are so many things that we have to be patient with. And I think that um, patience doesn't have one lane. Like there's different there's different ways you can be patient with different things. Um, My number one 
thing when it comes to that is really just being kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first way that I'm, I sit down to be patient with myself. I know that when I'm in the practice room, I can get, I can get really, um, upset with myself. Yeah. Um, but sometimes when you think about it as a creative, you're doing kind of the impossible you're, you're creating something out of nothing. And, um, who doesn't have time for that? Who doesn't have time to be patient through that process? And you have to remind yourself that those, those are the times when things become beautiful and that's where the patience needs to kick in the most. I'm glad you said that. Um, something I've been working on myself in the pandemic is giving myself grace. Like mm-hmm. you can compliment yourself. You can smile. Like you said, in the practice room, it's blood, sweat, and tears. And tears. But mm-hmm. on tears and anything. Yep. <laughs> and um, I'm starting to learn like, okay, if you keep, pulling yourself down and like beat yourself up when it's time to perform you're going to be out of it because yeah. mentally you have put all these walls up in front of yourself yeah it's like mm, what advice do you have for people when it's like lighten up like what advice do you have for that um this is something that i've been doing recently um get up and get away like mm-hmm. um step step away from what you are doing and find something that you wouldn't normally do and go do that. Um, that not only takes your mind off of, you know, what you're doing and um, gives you kind of a more lighthearted spirit to, you know, the process that you're going through, but it also can ignite a different kind of creativity. It might, it might be worthwhile to step away and, you know, find, find something else that you can um, be creative in and bring that back to your art form later. As a doctor now (laughs) how was that journey getting your doctorate in the midst of uncertainty during the pandemic oh man it was a lot I have to tell you it was a lot and um I'm really grateful that I stuck it out um just like like you said earlier I'm very I'm very hard on myself um you know subtract the outside factors um I had a very specific um, dissertation topic, which shout out to women since it's Women's History Month. Um, I focused on the music of Florence Price, Undine Smith Moore, and wow. Betty Jackson King, all three Black women. Um, and I, I took their music and I was able to make it from or take it from its original form, transcribe it for harp so it's accessible to the harp community so that way those um, African American composers get more exposure. Um, and it was hard. I started writing my dissertation when George Floyd was murdered. Oh. Um, and the impact that that had on how I was conducting my research literally knocked me out. Mm-hmm. It knocked me out so bad. I couldn't, I felt like I was speaking on behalf of those women and I just emotionally couldn't put words to paper for a very long time. Um, and I, I just, I will say I had the support of, um, a lot of people, um, and it was, it was really nice to be able to come together that way, but having that emotionally impact my progress, plus being in a pandemic away from all of my resources, I wasn't at school. I wasn't in my libraries. Um, it was, it was rough, but we made it. (laughs) Absolutely. We made it. Um, my mom and I, we get into battles about my our, our generation. She says we're the microwave generation, you know, um, whatever we want is instant, boom, food, yeah. 
if we want to check Instagram, like we don't have to watch wait till 6 p.m. and watch the news. You can be like, oh, I, I found it out when, you know, they posted it. Do you think that us having access to everything so fast is hurting us in a sense? Or is it, how do you feel about that? Um, in some ways, I do think it hurts, but in some ways, it's it's definitely beneficial. Um, like, for instance, um, having digital access to scores or digital as- access to books and things now that's that's wonderful. But in the in the way that it hurts us is that we aren't going back to us talking about being patient. We aren't we aren't being patient with ourselves. We aren't allowing ourselves to really open our hearts and our minds to things that are um, supposed to make us feel present, mm-hmm. like supposed to make us feel in the moment. Um, and I think that's a way that, you know, this let's have it right now, um, mindset kind of hurts us in a way. Um, and I think that's where a lot of this talk about having patience with yourself and having patience with the day ins and day outs, um, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good conversation to have. Um, but it does benefit us in in many ways. You know, now we need we need news. We need news every minute on the minute, every hour on the hour. Um, but sometimes it's it's nice to not be in the know. You know. I want to talk about your undergrad experience just for a moment. Uh, one thing I've been seeing a lot of times in that in this in the undergrad experience is that a lot of talented people or some of the most talented people, they come in and then everybody's like, they get this intimidated thing like, oh, this person could do this, this person could do this, this person, this person, this person. And it's like, what about you? How important is it, especially in undergrad, to focus on what you have? I'm going to say this and I'm going to mean it. Um, Talent is overrated. Talent is overrated. The only thing that gets you from point A to point B is hard work and dedication. Mm. I did not consider myself talented. I consider myself a hard worker. Um, Mm. And I have, I have a very strong work ethic, which is good and bad at times. I will say that, Um, (laughs) but I had to work my way through undergrad. I really, really did just to keep on top of everything. Um, But I will say that you have to, um, you have to give yourself grace within your within your art form and within your craft. Um, I think that I think that it's weird that we kind of go to college so early because we're not supposed to really know what we're supposed to do with our lives at that point. It's um, it's hard to kind of narrow it down. It was hard for me to to narrow it down um, and really determine what you want what I wanted to do. Um, there's so many aspects of music that you can choose from, not only what you bring to the table as a musician. Um, yes, I'm a harpist, but I, I do a lot. I can transcribe music. I can work in administrative offices and in positions. Um, I love art administration. There's so many things that, um, can really expand your mind when you get into those moments. Um, and so I, I just, I really think that if you're, if you're practicing and honing your talent with hard work and dedication, those answers and things, they'll come, but you have to be patient with yourself. We're going to always go back to patience. I'm back to it. <laughs> yeah. You have to be patient with yourself. It's 
just like, um, just like your instrument, even if you're a vocalist or, um, you're an instrumentalist, just how your, your technique and your, your musical voice and all those things, they change over time. Um, so does your mindset within what, what you decide to do with your art craft. And I think that, um, I think that college is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And it's putting one foot in front of the other and climbing that ladder until you figure it out. How do you balance everything? That is an excellent question. And I'm still trying to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I used to be a person that would never, ever say no. Hmm. And I have learned that there is, there is, a way to do that in order to, you know, protect myself and my well-being and um, my mental health um, and still do what I, I really want to do, what I've been aspiring to do for years. Um, I do struggle with balance. I have to admit, I think, I think a lot of us do because we have that fear of missing out um, mindset. I think a lot of us do. Um, and I don't know. Um, I do keep myself on a pretty tight schedule. Um, and I give a lot of my time and a lot of my energy to my students, um, and to my job. Um, but I always take time to be creative in a space where I know I'm comfortable and I'm secure and I'm taken care of. Um, so I always make sure that that's a part of, you know, my day in and my day out. You brought up that you're a hard worker, which and your work ethic is like, I've seen it. So she's not lying. <laughs> I was reading a quote this week. It says, uh, the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. Mm-hmm. How do you Absolutely. feel? About that? I, I love that. Um, you can dream all you want. If you're not going to get up from dreaming and make it happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. Um, And I know, I do know that that is very hard. I tell my students this in the morning sometimes, you know, they'll walk into class and they're a little tardy or whatever. And they'll be like, oh, um, I'm sorry for being late. And I tell them, don't even worry about it. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you showed up. um, And I'm glad you chose to come and learn today. And I think the same can be applied um, when we're talking about our dreams and our aspirations. The only the only person we're showing up for in these moments is ourselves. The only person that we're waking up to be better than in the morning is ourselves. How do you want to show up for you? How do you want to make your dreams and your aspirations come true? Are you just going to dream about them at night or do you want to live them, you know, every day? It's a choice. Mm-hmm. Who or what inspires Dr. Valerie McKinley today? Oh, who or what inspires me? Outside of my family, which mm-hmm. they inspire me every day. Outside of my family, it's it's my students. <laughs> I, know <that> sounds, <laughs> I know that sounds a little weird, but um, it's my students. I learn so much from my students, even though you know it's it's supposed to be my job, and um, I'm supposed to be the one teaching them. They they teach me every day. And it's, it's not even from a pedagogical sense. It's how life works. It's how to love on people. It's how to show appreciation. Um, and I learn, I just, I just learn so much from them every day. I'm grateful to be able to be an educator. Um, I was telling actually my mom, cause she is one of my biggest inspirations. 
I was telling my mom the other day, if I wasn't able to teach, I don't know what I would do. Um, and I, I told her, I said, um, I believe that I'm a harpist, but I believe first and foremost, I'm an educator. I'm an educator that happens to play the harp. Um, and so I think my biggest inspiration is the connection that I have with my students. That's awesome. It's, it's amazing. Like how you study, 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 study. Then when it's your turn to teach, it's like, Oh, okay. As we are transitioning into this new, I call, I, I really think this is like a new Renaissance era. If you peep in history, Mallory, like even if you go all the way back to the actual Renaissance, it's a time period where people go through, go through, struggle, 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 and then they birth this art. And then it's the art that's the timeless art that stays throughout history. If you look at the Harlem Renaissance, like the Langston Hughes's, mm-hmm. like Zorna Hurston's, Duke Ellington, all the stuff these people were writing, like they're going through. And here we are. 2022 two years of just like nothing like well yeah let's stop everybody it, did, it didn't matter how many grammys right you had how many yeah. countries you traveled like yep. go home and mm-hmm. to see that we're like about we're entering to this new age where do you think the future of just beyond music just our culture like where where are we going i think we're about to change the world. I think that so many people have had their creativity pent up for two years, if not more. Like imagine all the people who are just now finding their voice because they were able to be still with themselves in this moment, in in these these past two years. Imagine all the content that's about to come out. Imagine Mm -hmm. all the spaces that are about to be just filled with with these sounds that we didn't even think were possible. I think that things are just going to start propelling themselves forward. And I think there's not, I think there's going to be this type of momentum that's not going to stop. Especially when you're talking about um, diversifying spaces. Um, I think that we got a lot of good movement going um, in terms of diversifying the performing arts or the arts in general. at the beginning of the pandemic. And I think, I hope, and I pray that that, that momentum keeps going. Um, and if I were to even talk to anybody about, um, about being in these types of spaces, I would want to tell them that um, no matter what happens, regardless of what happens, the outcome doesn't limit your creativity. The outcome should not limit your creativity. The outcome of whatever space that you're in, regardless of if they accept what your voice is saying or not, um, it it does not affect the artist that you are. It does not affect the art that you are creating. And um, because I I know I can can speak from personal experience. I've been in spaces where um, my research has been told it doesn't matter. I've been in spaces where the music that I play has been told it shouldn't be played. Um, and I have to work very hard to not let that affect my mindset and my, my creativity and who I am as an artist. And I think that this generation that's, that's coming up, they have this attitude that they're not going to let any of that affect who they are as people. Yes. Protect your mental health. Yes. Protect you and take care of you first and foremost, but always moving forward. I think it's that 
forward motion that's going to change and really shake things up now. Um, and I'm excited to see it. I, I'm excited to see what people are going to come up with and actually just put out into the world once once we're all like <laughs> free from being in this pandemic. Being a Black woman, being a harpist, being in the field that you're in, how important is it to believe in what you are doing? It's super important. And I, I, I don't want to say that you should believe in what you're doing. I want to say that you should believe in, in yourself and who you are wow. and yeah. how that's going to, you know, shape you and mold you. Um, those are the, those are some of the only things that can help you transition into these spaces. Um, only 3% of classical musicians in our orchestras in the U S are black 3%. Only three percent in my specific profession, only one black African American harpist has held a principal position in a U.S. major orchestra, um, and those are things that you know we we aspire to be. We aspire to be the the change that we want to see in the world. Um, but first and foremost, knowing ourselves and how we want to change those spaces is the most the most important thing. So, as a harpist, how do you feel about hip hop music today? Oh, I love it, and I wish we could. <laughs> I wish we could. Um, we could do it every day. Um, there, there's been a huge awareness to what my instrument is, what what the harp is, um, and you'll see, you'll start seeing things. Um, pop up from time to time. There was there was harp on Kanye's last album. Um, yeah. Uh, Janae Iko has a harpist that she features all the time. Um, I think that it's it's a new day and things are going to start shaking, shaking up in that aspect. I want to be a part so bad. Um, it's possible. A lot of people will look at it, uh, the harp as an instrument and be like, oh, you know, I don't think hip hop's going to go there. But uh, it can happen. And it has. So I'm I'm excited to see how that how that takes shape. Musically, who are you listening to right now? Like this week? Who have you been listening to? This week, I don't know why I've been on. I've been on a gold link trip. Um, I've also been. I'm preparing for a gig, so I've been listening to Gustav Holtz, who is also he's a classical artist, um, <laughs> a, a composer. Um, who else have I been listening to? I, I listened to Janae this week. I listened to a little bit of. Um, oh my goodness, Mac. He's my favorite. Ivy. Um, and I'm trying to think, oh, Emily King. I've been on a weird Emily King trip too. It's, it's been a weird week. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. As we're closing this out, um, without spoiling anything, what's next for Malibu? I got you. I, I can, I can tell, tell you guys all the business. Um, I'm actually, <laughs> um, as sad as I, as sad as I am to leave, um, my current position, I I've been, um, offered a new position at the university of Texas at Austin. So I'll be transitioning from Dallas, Fort Worth to Austin, Texas over the summer and been getting a new job there. Um, I'm sad to leave my students, but, um, new things are coming. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get back in the city of Austin and collaborate with, um, with some of my favorite musicians. So 
Um, that'll be exciting. Um, as in terms of um, what's coming up with with performance wise, um, just a couple of shows. Um, I've got I've got something coming up with the Dallas Winds, which is a huge um, uh, wind band. Um, yeah. I don't know if you know are you familiar with band music and that that culture. Um, and then I have an appearance with the Midland Odessa Symphony coming up in May. So all exciting things, but things are starting to change. So if you could tell Mallory five years ago, give her any advice, what would you tell her? That is going to be okay. I would I would tell myself that it's going to be okay. I'm somebody who really tries to look into the future before it happens. And, wow. you know, good, good and full well, that that's not a thing. Right. Um, I, I just have a fear of what can take place. And um, a lot of, you know, especially in the past two years, things have looked a little different. And so I would I would look back and tell myself it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Looking forward. Five years from now, if you could tell Mallory something, what would you tell Mallory five years from now? Oh, what would five you ask? years from now? What would I what? What would you ask? What would you say? Um, hmm. I know I would tell her to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and to keep just truly 100% being the, myself, myself, being myself. Um, I... Um, I want to tell her that she's valued and she's loved, even, you know, if you're separating the professional from, you know, who you are as a person, um, and everything is still going to be okay. (laughs) Everything is going to be all right. (laughs) Final question of the evening. It's an Mm -hmm. open-ended question, so don't think about it too long. If you could define music, what? would your definition of music be? The gospel according to Mallory McKinley. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I would say, I can't believe I've never been asked this question before. Um, I would say music is my heartbeat. Music is what keeps me breathing. Music is who I am. And the heartbeat of everything that is to come. And it just, it, it flows through me. That's what music is to me. Mallory, I want to thank you again for your time, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. And this week, go for it. Look ahead. Look ahead. Look straight ahead. Go for it. Give it your best. Y'all, be safe. Keep wearing your mask, please. Thank you. And enjoy yourself, peace out. This is the moment when I realize when I-